Hey, everyone. I'm Adela, and I'm the founder of Podcast Brunch Club, or PBC. So PBC is like book club, but for podcasts. And every month, we send out a thematic podcast playlist that includes three to five specific episodes around a theme. Members around the world then listen on their own time and then meet in person to discuss. Visit podcastbrunchclub.com if you want to join us either online or in person. In every episode of the PBC podcast, my co-host Sarah De Silva and I will share our thoughts about the month's playlist and then just talk general podcast fun. Sarah is the founder of Audible Feast, a podcast review website and newsletter, and is also the chapter leader for our Houston chapter of Podcast Brunch Club. Before I get into the heart of this month's playlist, though, I just wanted to let you know a few really exciting updates about PBC. So we launched two new Podcast Brunch Club chapters this month, one in Lynchburg, Virginia, and the other in Phoenix, Arizona. So spread the word to your friends there. Let them know that Podcast Brunch Club is coming to where they live, and joining PBC is a great way to meet new people in your area and talk about your favorite podcasts. Also, I've been in contact with some of the big podcast networks, and we'll have some really interesting updates to share soon, so make sure you're subscribed to the PBC newsletter. And if you're not getting them, but you remember subscribing, you might want to check your spam box and add the email address that it comes from to your contacts list so it doesn't get delivered as spam. So this month, Podcast Brunch Club chapters around the world listened to three episodes around the theme of adoption. A big thanks to Camila Adams, leader of our Pittsburgh chapter, for curating the list for us. You can find the podcast playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com adoption. If you haven't had a chance to listen yet, that's fine. You can probably still follow along with us or hit pause, go listen, and come back to us. The three episodes we listened to were from the Adoptees On podcast called Anne, Adoption Trauma Leaves Awake, the Modern Love podcast episode entitled Not So Simple Math, and finally, the Why Factor podcast episode named Why We Raise Other People's Children. So first, you'll hear Sarah and I share our in-the-moment podcast commentary as we listened to each episode on the playlist. After that, Sarah and I chat real-time about whatever's going on in the podcast world that we want to talk about. This often happens at real podcast brunch club meetings around the world. After talking about the podcast playlist, the conversation always goes to, so what are you listening to lately? So we're going to do that too. I hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned until the very end so you can find out what the theme for next month will be. I have never gave a birth, but I felt just like the other moms and nothing different. And I was surprised by that. (laughs) Even though I am an adoptive parent, I was just a mom. It's obvious that Jung-un feels a deep bond with her daughter. The genetics seem irrelevant to her. Okay, I'm listening to the Why Factor podcast. I'm really resonating with the mom who was talking about seeing her adopted child for the first time and thinking oh, this is my child. I'm a mother. I have this overwhelming feeling that this is just the thing that it's supposed to be happening right now. I am a mother. I don't have any adopted children, but I remember feeling that way, just kind of overwhelmed with amazingness that this happened, that you have a baby or a a child. And, you know, there's certainly fear that goes along with it. 
but I would imagine it would be the same whether you were an adoptive parent or a new parent of a biological child. I don't know, for me, uh, something just felt so right about it. I was never the person that spent their whole life saying, oh, I can't wait to have kids or I know I'm going to be a mom. It was just the right thing at the right time. And I don't know, I just really resonated with what she was saying. I think one of the things one can say very clearly is that humans are cooperative on a scale that goes so far beyond kinship. In other words, humans are hyper-cooperative well beyond the bounds of kin selection. Humans have a profound interest in and capacity for reading other people's emotional states. Young human children demonstrate acts of spontaneous generosity, tolerance and an eagerness to engage and bond with multiple caregivers that far outstrips any of the other great ape species. I love the idea of the child guiding the relationship and seeking out caregiver relationships with all kinds of people. I see this all the time. My kids are three and six um, and they gravitate towards certain people that I would never expect, but they, you know, see some caregiver potential in people and it's really heartwarming to see it. And I feel the same way about other kids that I know that they come and, um, approach me, there's uh, some comfort level. I think that's really interesting from a sociobiological standpoint. The evil stepmother thing is tragic because it's true. You know, there's just that slight disconnect. So you just don't feel so emotionally for the child and therefore you can be more cruel. So there's a whole segment about step-parents. And this really hit me personally. I'm engaged to be married to a man who has three kids. And he has shared custody with his ex-wife. So the kids live with us half of the week. And I see them a lot. You know, the whole idea of being a step-parent or step-mother, it just sort of never really entered into the equation in the beginning as I was dating, which is a topic we talked about last month. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. And I'm actually in a situation where his kids are older. They're in high school. And I've known them for a couple of years, but now I'm living in a house that they also live in. And it's been interesting. I mean, I wouldn't say that I love them. I really am affectionate toward them and I, I really like them. It's harder because they're older. It's also harder because they're boys. And it's hard because it's not like they don't have a mother. They have a mother. I'm just another person in their life. So it's not like I am anything really to them. So it's sort of hard to create that bond. We're confident in what we say to the mothers who may have trouble initially in loving a child is that, look, if you really work hard at trying to understand your child and respond to his needs, at some point those feelings that seem elusive now may well kick in and it will take some time for you to learn to love this individual. There's no biological trigger that makes you any better as a parent than anyone else. But I... But I really care about these kids. And even yesterday, I actually had a moment with the oldest one. 
And I'm still so proud of that moment of just him telling me about him getting into college and asking him questions. And and it was like one of those moments that I feel like it's a really fraught conversation, especially when I have to talk to them about things that might be a bit more difficult and a bit more parenty, I guess, because I'm not really their parent. But I will say that my fiance, John, relies on me a lot to sort of be in that parenting role. You know, he and I have very, very different parenting styles. And I often joke with him, it's probably a good thing we don't have kids together because he would drive me nuts in the way that he parents. And it's sort of a half joke. But we sort of complement each other nicely in the way that we would talk to the boys. You know, he's much more strict. He's much more, you know, typical, like a dad where he'll bark at the kids and make them do things. And they're pretty obedient, thankfully. But it's he's not super nurturing, whereas that's sort of where I come in and I can fill that role. And it was just one of those moments where the oldest boy told me. He, I was the second person he told, and he hadn't even told his parents yet. And it was just a nice thing for me to experience. And I think that I could definitely see growing to love them the more I spend time with them and the more I kind of develop a bond. But it's definitely on me. It's definitely a thing that I need to invest in, and it shouldn't be on them. And that makes it hard because they have no vested interest in it from their perspective. So it could easily just be one of those things that fall by the wayside if I don't focus on it in the future. From the New York Times and WBUR Boston, this is Modern Love. The comfort is seeing my son with his family, whom I can no longer imagine him or myself without. I am ever astounded that I was able to see in her something that would still feel so right so many years later. I know that Holly represents me to my son in my absence and always encourages him to love me. So I just listened to the Modern Love episode, and a few things struck me. First, I really think that one of the conversation starters that Camila included in the with the playlist was to you what makes a family and it really made me think about how these two women the birth mother and the adopted mother seem to be a family they sort of created this situation this environment where their family, you know, they're, they're sort of raising a child somewhat together. They're sharing responsibility for this child. They're moving toward the same goal of making sure that this child grows up in a loving environment. And it was just really a lovely story. You're listening to Adoptees On, the podcast where adoptees discuss the adoption experience. I always sat on the fringe of my family. Like my family would sit around the kitchen table and I would sit on the chair on the side. With with this family, so it was my uncle and his son and his son's children and my children and my uncle's wife. And the dialogue, it was like music. I think in my family, I'm a little rough and a little loud. And so I didn't quite fit in. And in that family, it was seamless. I'm really feeling the sadness in this woman's voice about wanting to fit in with a family. Um, I feel her frustration with 
trying to keep seeking out this relationship with many different people that she's biologically connected to and it's just not happening yet I think she said she doesn't necessarily feel like she fits in with her adopted family either and I've been thinking about that a lot lately for myself about this idea of fitting in I feel like in many ways in my life I have never fit in with in in different ways a lot of times it's with work obviously socially and I do understand kind of constantly wanting to find a place where you do fit and always feeling like you're the square peg in a round hole that's a heavy thing to carry around and I just think there's a so few places and people who are really open to caring for the people that don't fit in the misfits I grew up knowing I was adopted but it wasn't something that we really talked about in my house I started going off seriously off track when I dropped out of college for the first time and that's when I had the idea of looking for my birth mother. I feel like there are people who are not connected to their biological parent or parents who want to get to know them or want to have a relationship with them or want a question answered and there are other people that absolutely do not. I've had to learn as a person who does have a relationship with my biological parents that not everyone necessarily wants to know and not everyone is necessarily scarred by having been adopted by someone else. Um, I'm guessing it has a lot to do with how the adoptive parent accepts and welcomes the child into their family and whether that child truly feels like he or she belongs with the family that they grow up with. Um, I just, it's been a something I've really thought about a lot over the years as I've gotten to know people who have been adopted. If you can listen to yourself, that's an adoptee's biggest problem is that he or she doesn't feel heard or understood. And we ignore our own feelings because we agree with everybody around us, right? Oh, I must be mental or there must be something wrong with me or adoption can't be this bad right? I'm just a baby. I'm thinking about where people derive their self-worth from. I'm a firm believer that everyone has worth and you just have it. You're born with self-worth and no one gives it to you. A parent doesn't give it to you. Um, You just have it. There's a really good children's book called The Crown on Your Head and I love reading it to my kids because it's all about that. It's about that you're born with a crown on your head and you are special. And I think so many kids especially grow up not necessarily believing that. And I just felt like I heard a lot of that in the woman's voice. I feel like it's something a lot of people do need to learn later on in their life. You just inherently you have self-worth. If you believe in that, you can feel a lot more confident about your path. Well, you know, my daughter's 19. And I'm, I'm hyper aware of, you know, I think about my relationship with my mom. I don't want to hurt her any more than I have with my behaviors. I, I want to be, I want my brain to be good so that when I show up for her, I'm in a good space 
because I haven't always been that way. And um, it's very painful to think about, uh, but she seems to, she's all right. Okay, so I just listened to the Adoptees On podcast episode, and I, to be honest, had a lot of mixed feelings. It was a little confusing and disorienting to listen to. I felt like I couldn't quite decide whether or not I was convinced that her issues were 100% due to the fact that she was adopted. I found myself often wondering if she didn't know whether she was adopted when she was growing up, if that would have changed anything about her life. It seemed like she was saying that she would have known regardless of whether her parents told her or not because it was almost biological. It was almost like a physical part of her was removed at birth. And I don't know. I had a hard time processing that. I can't speak to it. I'm not adopted. So I I can't really know how that must feel. I'm sure knowing the fact that you're adopted as you're going up is really hard. I can't deny that. I think there must be an element of trying to figure out what's wrong and what happened and why maybe you don't feel like you fit into the family that you're living with. And that definitely has to be scarring. I can't even imagine that. It was just really a hard thing for me to understand that it seemed like it all pointed toward the adoption. But as she was talking, I kind of started thinking, oh, this sounds really familiar. This story actually sounds really familiar to me. And before she even mentioned it, I jotted down a note that I wanted to bring up about a story she actually mentioned in her resources. And it was the moth story done by Daryl McDaniels about his whole quest and his whole discovery of the fact that he was adopted. But he did not grow up knowing that he was adopted. And during the height of his success, felt viscerally that something was missing and found out that he was adopted. But it definitely made me, Anne's story reminded me of this, of Daryl McDaniel's story. They're different because Anne knew she was adopted growing up and Daryl didn't. And so my initial question of whether she would have had the same sort of issues that she attributes to adoption if she had not known. So it's an interesting experience from both sides of that coin. So yeah, I just thought that was a really interesting comparison. And I'm glad that she had heard that story by Daryl McDaniels because Her story very much reminded me of his. Hey, Adela. I am so excited this month because it is Women's Month. Uh, We just celebrated International Women's Day on March 8th, and I am pumped uh, because I wrote this 
I think, great article highlighting some of my favorite women-led podcasts. This was like the easiest article ever for me to write. Um, Normally I do reviews and, you know, I stick to kind of my format. Like, this is what I liked. This is what I think could maybe use some improvement. Here's my ratings at the end. Um, But once in a while I like to do a special article Um, I've done one before on the best business podcasts and some of the worst ones, in my opinion, Um, and uh, a couple other articles like that. But I really wanted to write about these lady-led greats that I like. I feel like I'm always telling people about them. So I wrote a a post and I started writing and I could not stop writing about all of these great shows by women. That's awesome. So tell me about it. Tell me which ones I should be listening to. Oh my gosh, totally. So so I split the post up into the blog post into a bunch of sections. So each section is kind of like if you're looking for this kind of show, listen to this. So my sections are if you want to maximize your professional success, listen to these. If you want to join the resistance, I got a whole bunch of uber feminist um, shows that I love. If you want to open up your world. So these are ones that are more, if you want to learn about maybe a different type of living than what you're doing, or maybe people from who are from a very different background than you. Um, oh. I have, if you want to laugh your ass off. I have okay. Everybody likes to do that. Yes. You need that. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm mostly listen to podcasts because I'm trying to learn something, but sometimes you just like need like a mental break and you need to just... I know. I know. We've had that conversation before, Sarah. Yeah. Do you remember? I was like, I need something funny. I'm listening to too many serious things. And totally. I feel like I'm a, I'm a tough customer when it comes to getting me to laugh. I know. It is really hard. And it's like, I think comedy is like really subjective. And I would say that's probably one of my least favorite genres overall is comedy. It's just so, I don't know. It's really hard. It's hit or miss. What's what I think is funny. And then I'll recommend something to someone in there. Like that's not funny at all. So, um, I tend to try to, I kind of shy away from writing comedy reviews because I don't know, like humor's in the ear of the beholder, I guess. (laughs) Um, um, but I like, um, one of the funniest ones on my list for comedy ones is, called The Guilty Feminist. Have you ever listened to that one? Yes. I think we even may have featured it in our feminism podcast playlist a while back in Podcast Brunch Club. Yeah, I love that they just they just kind of take a, a lighter look at something. Sometimes they go real deep into something really serious, and they've, ta- they've had some great um, commentary on the hashtag MeToo that's going on here in the last couple of months. But that's one of my, my favorite ones that almost always makes me laugh because they're just so unapologetic about, yeah, I try to be a good feminist and then this is what happens. Right. So, so wait, so tell, so tell everybody a bit about the premise. Cause I, it was, it's been a while since I've listened, but it's two women, right. And they do yeah. a stand up well, show. There's a, um, the guilty feminist is there's one host and she has some regular hosts that kind of co-host with her, but there's always, um, some rotating guests also that, so it's kind of, I believe it's a live show and they talk about one particular topic each episode and the episodes are maybe, you know, 40 to 50 minutes long. But the funniest thing for me is that they start out each episode with, I'm a feminist, but, and then they fill in the blank and they'll, they'll tell things yeah. like, um, 
just funny things that they feel like sort of like semi quasi guilty about that. <laughs> um, yeah. They're trying to be like a good feminist, but. Am I completely mem- remembering the wrong podcast? The one that I listened to, I remember there being a British woman. Yes. She's British, right? Yep. Yep. That's yes. right. Yeah. That's a pretty funny one. They had some pretty fun guests on um, Sharon Horgan, who's on Catastrophe, which is an Amazon show, which I really loved. She's She's been on several times and she's very funny. But they've also had more serious guests on where they, you know, kind of really talk about a something more serious. So I like the balance in that one. Yeah. I remember thinking when I curated the podcast playlist that it was like a really nice balance, just like you said, that it was it, we were focusing on feminism, which is a, you know, a pretty heavy topic to begin mm-hmm. with. But it was the lighter side of it. It wasn't too serious, mm-hmm. but it still brought up some. And I think a lot of times good comedy does do this. It brings up some really good, honest questions right. about how we see the world. And it sort of brings to light those weird things that we do and those weird things that we say and sort of puts them in a funny context, but still makes you think about it. Why mm-hmm. do we do that? Yeah. So I had some more categories in this article. I have, if you want to rediscover history, um, that's another genre that I don't listen to a lot of podcasts in, but um, one of the ones that's kind of short is called The Dirty Bits. And that is a podcast where the host looks at characters in history and shares the more salacious side of their mm. life. And so it's it's very light. It's very like sometimes it's really silly, but it's just a, a fun way to learn a little bit more about history. And usually it's something that you probably didn't already know because it's not what they would put in your high school te- textbook. <laughs> so right. it's kind of fun. And then I have a true crime category. Um if you want to be smarter, that's a very large category for me. And if you want to hear a great story, that's another good one, either fact or fiction. And I would say out of those, one I'm really excited about that's coming back soon is Alone, A Love Story. And that was a okay. CBC podcast from yeah. um, last year. And I didn't know that they were going to do a second season, but it's coming back on April 4th, I believe, for a second season. That's audio season. fiction, right? No, it's not. It's a... Uh, It's like a personal diary of a woman who, I guess, I don't want to give too much away, but she had her her heart broken and then she was alone. And therefore, what happened after that? She had Hmm. some substance things going on with her. And so she, um, it just kind of talks about what did she do? How did she cope? What happened to her after after this heartbreak? So it's like an audio memoir? Yes, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. I binged that one when I heard it before. I believe they're going to do the same thing this this time and release everything on the, the same day. But uh, yes, this one, that one is really good. I would really recommend that one. That's coming out soon. So how many how many podcasts are on this list? Uh, about 60. There's a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I just, but you know, I was writing it and I just could not, I just couldn't stop. I just, I remember I've written about these things and recommended them so many times that I remember the names of the hosts. I, I've i told so many people about these shows. There's some people on this list who have more than one show on the list. I think that's amazing when you can do more than one show. Like, that's that's amazing. Yeah, um, that is. Like Phoebe Judge and Stacia Brown. Uh, she has two shows on my list. One is Hope Chest. Hope Chest is like her, again, it's like a personal 
diary, really. It's mm-hmm. a, her kind of writing to her daughter. She's a single mom, and she's writing to her young daughter, and she's includes some poetry, and it's just so beautiful. And, and it's really, really personal. That's just like her yeah. personal project. I love it. But she also does Baltimore, The Rise of Charm City, which is one of my favorite okay. local podcasts. I love that local storytelling stuff. So Rise of Charm City is really good. That was a part of the Air Finding America um, series that um, okay. was sponsored by Localore a couple of years ago. I found some amazing shows from that um, and then you were saying that Phoebe Judge has two on your list. So I'm right. assuming that's Criminal, Criminal and This, and is, this love. is Love. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Both of those. Like, yeah. Amazing. So I'm loving This Is Love. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's not, yeah. it's not about, you know, romantic love all the time. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. just about love and. Yep. And feeling so deeply like that is so, I feel like that's like the, the overarching theme is just this deep love, whatever it is. It's a deep love for something or someone and that's draws me in big time that that extreme emotion draws me in she's only i think put out four Mm -hmm. episodes so far Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite of those four yeah i liked the first one the the most the one with the dad and the two daughters yes i just oh i loved it i just wanted to hug him (laughs) he sounds like the greatest guy i know my favorite was actually i think it was the second episode with the The whale the, the whale yeah Yep. It was just surprising and, mm-hmm. and and beautiful and I don't know, intriguing. Yeah. In a way. A really different way to think about what is love and what does that mean? Yeah. It was right. really nice. Yeah, so I I have so much fun writing this kind of stuff. I still want my website to be, you know, majority like reviews and recommendations and you know, I still We'll write the entire podcast reviews, and then every week I have my delicious ingredients, which is the best stuff I heard all week. Um, and you know, I I listen to oh somewhere between like forty and sixty episodes of different shows a week. Wow. Uh, depending on um you know what else is going on this week, I think I'm gonna take the week off because I'm gonna be traveling. But um, I'm excited to add do these kinds of articles too and add that into the mix. It's been fun to reinvent audible feast along the way and add more fun stuff so any should we be on the lookout for any upcoming reviews or i am working on a cool interview that i did um and it is with the hosts of the soapy madams podcast okay and they um watch the soaps in the u.s and the soaps in the uk and then they talk about them and they're very funny and they are obviously like close friends and um, it's really fun to listen to them talk about the soaps. I don't know anything about soaps. And so, um, so it's just, it's been really funny to me to listen to their soaps, but I asked them some pretty funny questions. So, you know, as you were talking, Sarah, I was thinking that I want you to tell, (laughs) I want you to tell the audience about I think you were telling me a couple months ago or a month ago that you did an event at your library, your local library, and that you were t- showing, it was, again, mostly older people to sh- show them how to download podcasts and that you had one particular question that you were floored by. Yes. Yes. So it was actually at my church and I go to a, right. um, a Unitarian Universalist church and I was doing a class of like how to listen to podcasts and 
you know, most of the people that came, they, they do listen to talk radio or public radio on in their car or whatever. So I kind of went into it with that perspective of, you know, they might be looking for talk shows or maybe things that they already hear on public radio that they just want to hear it in podcast form. So I put together, you know, a good list of recommendations and knowing that it was a pretty liberal crowd, I included a lot of fun sex positive shows and, you know, just a variety of really diverse stuff. And, um, we got through the the session and one of the ladies, I hope she's actually listening, Kate, one of the ladies asked me at the end and she wouldn't mind at all, by the way, if I mentioned this, she said, well, you know, (laughs) what I really want to know is I want to listen to erotica and (laughs) erotic fiction. That's really what I want to listen to. Can you help me find that? And I, I mean, I wasn't that surprised because I mean, it was a UU church and we're open and diverse and whatever, but, um, it was like the funniest thing. And, um, I said, Oh, that is a fantastic request. And we will definitely find some erotica for you. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and I didn't know of any, like I hadn't, that wasn't something I had listened to, but that's that's why podcasts are awesome. Of course, we found a few things. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but of course, we found right. some stuff. And yeah, so there is everything out there. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I mean, it's so true, right? I mean, if you can imagine it in in written format, then you can imagine it in podcast format. And there's plenty of erotic fiction and written format. Yep, so you got it. it stands to reason that there's got to be something in audio. Totally. And if there's not, then there's an opportunity there. Totally. Exactly. So if you're listening and you're thinking that that might be, if you want to get into a, a little niche, you know, in podcasting, then uh, yeah. trust me, we didn't find a whole lot. So we found some things, but it was not that easy to find. Um, and so there's definitely an opportunity if that's your thing. Awesome. So thanks for... Yeah. Participating again this month, um, I think this little segment is going to be really fun to explore all the stuff you're doing, you're working on. We can talk just like general podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. And I hope to hear from the community on about what they're listening to, if they have recommendations for erotic fiction Please that maybe you could pass along. Yeah. Yeah. Kate needs send help. them our way. She... She told me that's what she listens to when she goes to the gym. So she needs something to listen to. I love it. It's awesome. I love it. I can't even imagine. I mean, I love it too, but I just like cannot imagine. (laughs) I would be blushing while I was, you know. It was great. It was great. On the treadmill or whatever. Maybe she is, but she doesn't care. Yeah, who cares? She's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, you got to make the gym (laughs) fun somehow, right? (laughs) I love it. Okay, well, thank you. Talk soon. Okay. Well, that wraps it up. I will share links to everything we talked about in the show notes, which you can find at podcastbrunchclub.com slash episode 13. But before I let you go, I'm putting out a call. We want your voice on the podcast. So as you listen to the episodes every month, do what Sarah and I do. If you feel compelled, hit pause and record an audio comment, and then send it to me at podcast at podcastbrunchclub.com. Next month, our Cape Town chapter worked really hard to put together a podcast playlist for us around the theme of water, which is so appropriate given what's going on in Cape Town and the water shortage there. You can find the water podcast playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com water. 
Thanks, and happy listening.